What's the true scale of China's virus surge? An estimate puts the number at 600 million. The U.S. considering new steps to curb the spread of COVID-19 as infections skyrocket in China. A growing number of countries now taking action, from France to Australia. 20 feet, the dangerously close distance between Chinese and American military aircraft. But which side is to blame? North Korea celebrating the new year with missiles, its leader vowing to develop a larger nuclear arsenal. South Korea responds, Will there be a nuclear race on the Korean Peninsula? And the Chinese ambassador to the U.S. given an unprecedented spotlight at an NBA game. We look at why. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Ellie Hart, in for Tiffany Meyer. Just how many in China have been infected with COVID-19? Right now, there's no official tally. But some Chinese experts are putting together their own estimates and projections. China's top health body has stopped updating daily infections. Authorities also no longer mass test the public. Two Chinese experts put the infection rate in Beijing at around 80 percent. One of them is a former top scientist at China's CDC. The other is a member of China's highest ranking consulting institution in science called CAS. Outside Beijing, infection rates in many big cities have hit 50 percent and are estimated to jump even higher. That's according to infectious disease specialist Zhang Wenhong. Based on these estimates, an article that's widely circulating inside China is putting the nationwide infection rate at 40 percent. It estimates almost 600 million people in China have been infected with the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. This is in line with NTD's research. The U.S. is considering new steps to curb the spread of COVID-19. That's as virus infections continue to rip through China. And the growing number of countries are taking precautions. NTD's Julia Song has the details. U.S. authorities are weighing testing wastewater from international airlines. The move would help track possible new variants as they emerge. This is on top of the precautions already put in place. The CDC said it would require travelers from China to provide negative COVID-19 tests taken no more than two days before boarding a plane to the U.S. A genomics expert said testing wastewater from airlines would give a clearer picture of how the virus is mutating. Belgium and Malaysia said they would test wastewater off planes from China. Meanwhile, Canada, Australia, Israel, South Korea and Qatar are also imposing restrictions. Passengers from China have to provide negative COVID-19 tests before departure or test upon arrival. I also want to stress that this is a temporary measure reflecting the lack of comprehensive information right now about the situation in China. Morocco is taking one step further. It would ban travelers from China, regardless of their nationality. Japan has already started testing travelers from China. On its first day, it found that out of the 92 overseas travelers that tested positive, 97 percent of them had been to China recently. Over in Europe, the UK and France would require negative virus tests from travelers from China. That follows similar actions from Italy and Spain. Though passengers arriving in Spain can skip the test if they're fully vaccinated. Italy is urging the European Union to follow its lead and test travelers from China for the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. Italy says if other countries don't tighten their rules, its own precautions won't prove effective since people can travel freely within the EU. 
The European Union's health agency said mandatory health screenings of travelers from China are, quote, unjustified. EU countries are set to meet this Thursday to settle on a joint response. Juliet Song, NTD News. With COVID-19 cases rising in China, funeral homes have been busy. Reports from across China show funeral homes have boosted their working hours, some of them now running seven days a week. In eastern China's Jiangsu province, video shows a group of people carrying a coffin to a funeral home at night. And as early as 8 a.m. on the first day of the new year, crowds gathered at this funeral home, waiting for services for their loved ones. A factory owner in northern China's Hebei province shared other details on Chinese social media. He reported that body bags and other funeral-related products were sold out locally, writing that the funeral homes that used to order one or two hundred body bags are now ordering 2,000, and that one funeral home from Wuhan, which used to order three or five hundred body bags, just called to place an order for 20,000. He added that urns and wreaths are also sold out, and that orders for them will be delayed for several days. Likewise, he said coffins are running out. A photo circulating on Twitter captures bags of human remains lined up on the ground. A nearby sign instructs people to carefully check labels as they collected loved ones' ashes. The funeral home didn't give an explanation for why the remains weren't stored in urns. Next, more reports about what's happening in Chinese hospitals, this time from communications between a hospital staff member and his family. In voice messages sent to his relatives, the medical worker explained many patients receiving treatment at his hospital are those reinfected with COVID-19, meaning those who previously recovered from the virus and got sickened a second time. The voice messages were uploaded to social media. Let me tell you that the secondary infection is really serious. Now in my hospital, many of the hospitalized patients, the patients are secondarily infected people. None of the TV stations are reporting on this. He went on to say the immune systems of the reinfected patients don't work as well. He further advised his family to wear masks, even after recovering from the first infection with COVID-19. China has reopened part of its borders for inbound travelers, but with a host of restrictions. These include forced quarantine. A video shows Chinese citizens clashing with police over such regulations as they return from abroad. Let's take a look at what happened last Thursday. Footage shows returnees swarming an international airport in Guangzhou, southern China, trying to push open the airport gate. According to posts shared on Chinese social media platforms, the dispute erupted over the enforcement of on-arrival quarantine procedures. The rules require returnees to spend five days in a designated quarantine facility and then another three days at their personal residence. China has promised to lift such restrictions on January 8th, but one post says returnees, including students and tourists, wanted to avoid quarantines before then. Taiwan's president offering to help neighboring Beijing, while still firmly opposing its aggression and territory claims. President Tsai Ing-wen delivered her traditional New Year message at the islands at the presidential office Sunday. In it, she said Taiwan was prepared to aid China amid the major COVID-19 surge sweeping the country. As long as there is a need, based on the position of humanitarian care, we are willing to provide the necessary assistance to help more people get out of the pandemic and have a healthy and safe new year. Tsai reiterated a call for a dialogue with China, referencing the rising tensions between Beijing and Taipei. She said war was not an option to resolve problems. 
I want to remind people the military activities of the People's Liberation Army near Taiwan are not at all conducive to cross-strait relations nor regional peace and stability. Her remarks came one day after Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping's New Year address. The speech made only brief reference to Taiwan, calling people on either side of the Taiwan Strait, quote, members of one and the same family. It didn't mention Beijing's desire to take control of the island. Taking questions from reporters, Tsai says she took note of Xi's gentler remarks. She has repeatedly called for peace with China, but also confirmed Taiwan will defend itself if attacked. Shortly after Tsai spoke, Taiwan's defense ministry said 12 Chinese military aircraft crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait in the past 24 hours. The body of water serves as a divider between the two sides. Soaring within 20 feet, a Chinese fighter jet flew dangerously close to a U.S. Air Force plane over the South China Sea, forcing it to take evasive action to avoid a collision. That's what United States officials said Thursday. But Beijing is accusing the U.S. instead. Here's a closer look. Video of this close encounter captured the view from inside the U.S. aircraft. Footage shows the Chinese jet flying in front of the U.S. plane and keeping close proximity. The U.S. aircraft later descended to avoid a crash. According to CNN, there were about 30 people on board the U.S. plane at the time. The U.S. Indo-Pacific Command says the U.S. aircraft was legally conducting routine operations over the South China Sea in international airspace. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said in June that the Chinese regime is taking a more aggressive approach to its territorial claims, adding there's been an alarming increase in unsafe aerial interceptions and confrontations at sea by the People's Liberation Army. China responded over the weekend, painting an opposite perspective on the incident. Beijing said it was the American aircraft that got close to the Chinese plane and forced it to change course. The incident follows similar complaints from the other Western countries. According to reports in February, a Chinese warship used a laser attack to an Australian plane while sailing in waters north of Australia. In May, a Chinese fighter dropped thin threads of radar jamming metallic foil in the path of an Australian military plane over the South China Sea. The threads are known to cause damage if enough of them enter the engine. Canada also reported that Chinese jets harassed Canadian aircraft in the East China Sea. The Canadian airplanes were deployed to comply with UN sanctions on North Korea. Missiles on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. North Korea is entering the year 2023 with the spectacle. Its leader, Kim Jong-un, calling for new intercontinental ballistic missiles and a larger nuclear arsenal to counter the West. Here's more. In the early hours of the first day of the new year, North Korea launched a ballistic missile. This after it launched three ballistic missiles the day before, capping a year when the country conducted an unprecedented number of missile tests. North Korea forged ahead with its missile program in 2022. And the past year may have provided the clearest evidence yet that North Korea sees itself as a permanent nuclear weapons power. For years, Pyongyang has been banned from nuclear tests or missile launches by the United Nations Security Council. But in May, China and Russia vetoed a U.S.-led push to impose more U.N. sanctions on North Korea. North Korea kept busy in 2022. It resumed testing intercontinental ballistic missiles, rolled out a series of short-ranged missiles, and started preparations to reopen its shuttered nuclear test site. It also successfully launched the massive new Hwasong-17, which is believed to have the range to strike anywhere in the United States. A former U.S. diplomat says that the possibility of denuclearizing North Korea has all but disappeared. 
South Korea's President Yoon Suk-yeol said his country would respond with clear retaliation if North Korea continues to conduct nuclear and missile tests. South Korea responding to aggression from the North. Pyongyang and its leader vowed to push an exponential increase of the country's nuclear arsenal. Now, South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol says South Korea and the U.S. are discussing possible joint exercises involving nuclear weapons. He adds that the nuclear weapons belong to the United States, but planning, information sharing, exercises and training will be done jointly by the two countries. North Korea labeled the South its, quote, undoubted enemy and flaring cross-border tensions. The South called for, quote, war preparation with an overwhelming capability and response. This after a year marked by a record number of missile tests from the North and the intrusion of North Korean drones into the South last week. The Pentagon said the U.S. had nothing to announce, adding that the alliance between the U.S. and South Korea remains rock solid. Controversy emerges after the Chinese ambassador was given the spotlight at an NBA game. This as the U.S. and China wrap up a year of bumpy relations. And today's Iris Tao has more. This is just disgusting. Backlash forming over some special treatment the Chinese ambassador got at an NBA game. Invited onto the court, Chinese Ambassador Ching Gang shot free throws at a Washington Wizards game this week. Former NBA player Anna's Kander Freedom says he's never seen anything like this. NBA literally tried to give a free propaganda to a genocidal regime. It's not the first time the NBA has given the spotlight to the Chinese envoy. In January, the Wizards played a video message from Ching during a game. And the Chinese Foreign Ministry even bragged about getting the airtime. That was the one thing that really was driving me crazy. The biggest dictatorship in the world can control a 100% American-made organization. Speaking with the Epoch Times this month, Freedom says money is pulling the strings. Like NBA is not the only one. You see Hollywood, you see big techs, you see academias, you see Wall Street. On Friday, the ambassador in a video was announced as China's new foreign minister. He has used strong rhetoric and remarks about Taiwan and Xinjiang and even described himself as a wolf warrior, a term for an aggressive diplomat. Coming up, we zoom in on TikTok and its Chinese ownership. Why has the video platform become the target of U.S. state governments? And why is Beijing involved? They are mortal enemies and have declared themselves mortal enemies with the United States and the free world. Uh, that's what they teach their kids going through school, and that's what they, they teach their college students and so on. The only thing standing in their way of the Chinese dream is the United States and the free world. We sat down with Casey Fleming, CEO of Black Ops Partners, for a breakdown. Those comments and more after the break, here on China in Focus. Chinese-owned TikTok is on the U.S. radar. About 20 states have banned it from government devices, and some agencies have done the same. But why is the company so dangerous, and what's behind it? We sat down with Casey Fleming, CEO of Black Ops Partners, to find out more. Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. 
So let's begin with TikTok. It seems there's a lot more attention on that lately. The U.S. has banned it off of all House government devices, federal government devices. So why do you think there's so much attention on the issue now? TikTok is a, folks need to understand, TikTok is a weaponized military application in the hands of our children and in the hands of anyone who has TikTok on their, on their smartphone or on their computer. And it's used for espionage and it's also used for psychological warfare. Um, so it's, you know, some, some folks call uh, TikTok d digital fentanyl because what's happening is uh, folks are getting dopamine hits when they're going on TikTok and uh, it keeps them on TikTok looking at subversive messaging, subversive um, psychological information, and it gets them addicted to it. Not only that, it reprograms their brains uh, so where they're not critical thinkers or their critical thinking is reduced and so on. So you have to understand that it's a Chinese communist application and it's in the hands of your children. You need to ask yourself, why am I letting that happen? And with that, you mentioned how TikTok has been called digital fentanyl. And speaking of, say, actual fentanyl, it seems that's also been a massive issue this year. The records are shattering previous ones, as in deaths related to it. And it's gotten to the point where border officials have seized enough pills to kill every American. So what is the bigger picture behind this? The bigger picture is hybrid warfare. Every 50, 70 years that goes by, you have a thing called great power competition. And that's where uh, certain countries decide that they want to take over the world. That happened in World War II. Um, and it's happening now. It's been in, in the works. This time, though, it's under the radar. And it's called unrestricted hybrid warfare. Unrestricted means that uh, the Chinese communists fo follow no rules. And hybrid warfare just means it's uh, achieving military objectives through non-military means. What that means is you are on the front lines. The average American is on the front lines of this war, and our military is way back in the back as, uh, as a later phase of this thing. So digital fentanyl is meant to weaken the, your opponent or your adversary before you take them over. Uh, digital fentanyl is part of what's called drug warfare, and it's a subset of unrestricted hybrid warfare, again, to weaken your adversary before you take them over. And on that note, how do, say, the digital fentanyl, TikTok, and actual fentanyl, and all these other areas tie in? What, what are they representing? So when you look at technology, you have to understand every type of technology that's created has a good side and a bad side, a dark side. Well, the Chinese communists, remember, China is, is only is one country, and it's run by the Chinese Communist Party, completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. And they absolutely are, they, they are mortal enemies and have declared themselves mortal enemies with the United States and the free world. Uh, that's what they teach their kids going through school, and that's what they, they teach their college students and so on. The only thing standing in their way of the Chinese dream is the United States and the free world. So you have to understand that that's really what's behind this entire thing. Uh, China is not your friend. And these type of methods, uh, there's well over 100 different methods of asymmetric hybrid warfare, uh, economic warfare, financial warfare, drug warfare, psychological warfare, cognitive warfare, all those type of things. Cognitive is, of course, psychological warfare, information warfare, and uh, uh, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, those type of things. So 
folks need to understand that hybrid warfare is really what is under underfoot today. It, it's in your living rooms. It's it's in your offices. It's happening all day, every day to weaken our country. It's also part of weakening our value system, uh, anti-religion, anti-family, anti-police, uh, anti, you know, and full racial uh, issues, uh, amping up everything that can divide us and taking away everything that holds us together. That's what's underfoot. And that's what we're looking at uh, in our counterintelligence for 2023. On the last part that you touched on, it sounds like a lot of those are the opposite of what's in the U.S. Constitution, what this country was founded on. But it seems right now in the, say, education system and the media, a lot of that is also being channeled through it. How do we read into that? What's maybe behind the scenes here? Behind the scenes is what uh, what you're seeing is infiltration by the Chinese Communist Party and subversion of all of our values, our institutions, and all those things that hold the world together, that hold the United States together, and to hold the free world and everyone else together. Uh, they want they are not just challenging it; they are throwing it up and replacing it uh, through all the different uh, global organizations, U.S. organizations, U.S. companies, and so on. So the average American doesn't see this. It's all, it's uh, in an author uh, by the name of uh, Rob Spaulding uh, wrote a book called Stealth Warfare. And that's exactly what this is. It's under the scenes. It's under the covers where the average American doesn't see it. The Chinese communists refer this to refer to this as death by a thousand cuts. You won't feel each individual cut individually, but by the, the, by the thousandth cut, you will be dead. In, in other words, you will be taken over. It seems also this year some attention has come to, say, certain Chinese companies in America. There's more and more being blacklisted. And then when it comes to TikTok, there's been that whole argument that, oh, it's not a Chinese company or, oh, it's a private company. How do we understand that? How is How are Chinese companies different than when we think of American companies? Chinese companies are completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. End. Stop. Period. If you're doing business with a Chinese company or you're buying Chinese products, you are funding the Chinese Communist Party, which is hell bent on destroying America and the free world. So and, and the, the things to watch out for are any electronic. The first thing is electronic items, anything to do with computers, electronics, appliances. Those type of things are all even charging cords are weaponized against you, your family and so on. People say, well, what do they care about what's on my kid's phone? Well, it's your, it's your kid's whereabouts, your kid's retinal scan, which is the future of security and cybersecurity, retinal scans, uh, passwords, uh, facial uh, scans, you know, uh, the information that's on those phones, where they travel, where they go, what they do. And then, by the way, when they log into your home network, the CCP has access to your home network and everything you're putting on it from your company, your company trade secrets, intellectual property, and so on. So you, people understand. People need to understand that this thing is full-blown warfare, but it's but you're on the front lines. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Ellie Hart. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. The greatest threat facing the United States is the CCP. The Epic Times investigation team had studied the CCP for years, but what we uncovered was yielding evidence beyond our imagination. With Chairman Mao, with the Prime Minister, 
Our talks have been characterized by frankness. The Clinton administration said, oh, don't worry about it. This will be a poison pill for China. China's strategic goal is to make sure that the U.S. has four enemies, and one of them must be a terrorist group. We are giving of our life's blood so that the Chinese Communist Party can survive and thrive.